Talk Zone presents Two Guys on a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys on a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to the two guys at a mic show midweek Wednesday, Coach and the Big Dog first day of summer. Actually, I think it starts about six oh eight this uh, summer esque evening, but longest day of the year. Very very nice. Make sure you're outside today. It's a beautiful summer day. We hope it is that way wherever you might be listening to this uh, fine show via the internet. Two guys at a mic on the TalkZone.com. We'll talk sports and more right up until eleven o'clock. They only give us fifty eight minutes and twenty two seconds, but We'll do the best we can to uh, entertain and, God forbid, actually educate a little bit along the way. Our phone number, if you want to check in, 888-463-6748. Again, that's 888 Let's play a little bit of music, and then we'll get this baby started. David Olson, I still say that the music sounds like the prelude to Mannix, the detective show back in the uh, 60s and early 70s with Michael Connor starring as a Joe Mannix. Coach of the Big Dog with you right up until 11 o'clock. Miami Heat go up 3-1. to one. We will talk about that game, another close one, and another Miami Heat victory. The Chicago Cubs yesterday, Big Dog proclaimed the uh, opening day as one of the great Chicago sports moments of all time, maybe the greatest when the Cubs won 12 to 3. We'll see what he has to say about the slightly closer and more tense 2 to 1 victory yesterday. We got Olympic qualifying coming up in the track and the swim meet. We got College World Series. We got a couple court cases we got to talk. Euro soccer. Euro soccer. I haven't heard any of the announcers, Big Dog. I have not heard one. Go, 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 go. What happened to that guy? Is he not around anymore? He's the Telemundo guy, Coach. Ah. This is the Euro League. How do I get tele? Oh, so Telemundo not covering the Euro Cup? No, they would be. Uh, actually, that, that guy might just go to Telemundo. They actually put those games on Telemundo. All right. So why don't you, you know, you know, you, you, you're just sub- subjugated to ESPN, ESPN. I would much rather have you watch uh, the Euro Cup on Telemundo, Coach. Please. It's much more entertaining than even the British guys, who are pretty good, actually. i got to check really that out. Which I'm trying to boycott. Yeah, well, the British guys are good. I agree with you there. And I'm, you know, I don't, I'm not sure what your issue is with ESPN. I will tell you this, though. I've got, I've developed a man crush on, is it Alexi Lalas? You know, I the... couldn't stand him when he was a player. And the yes. more I listen to him and his, his analysts, he really is fair and extremely yes. critical. I like it. Yep. He, I, I like guys that call people out. It's good. Yep. Well spoken. Now, Michael Ballack, uh, who was the English star, I believe he played for England in no, the last... No, no, no. He was German. German. Okay. Yeah. I apologize. And, uh, you know, he's struggling. To put it mildly, he's alongside Bob Lee is the is the host, and they got another female who does an attempt. But Alexi Lalas, very good. Michael Bellick uh, looks like an ex-athlete trying 
to become a studio guy, big dog, but it's a struggle. No, no, and the problem is he's German and he can't speak English. It's, that's it's, that's an issue. That's why when you call him English, I was like, no, 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 that's the problem is he can't speak English, though. <laughs> Always a problem when you're a commentator on ESPN. Last time I checked, primarily an English-speaking station. It's the English-speaking people's network, ESPN. I mean, come on. Yep. Yep. But you, so you remember Alexi with the long, flowing red hair as a player? Yeah, I remember yep. him just being a pain in the ass, and and every time there was, and he'd always talk a big game, and then there'd be a big goal, and it'd be his fault. I'm like, he was the guy talking all the crap before the game, and he's the one who made the mistake. <laughs> Seriously, that's how that's how I like remember Alexei Lawless. Mm-hmm. Seriously, maybe that's a wrong recollection. I'm not saying that. There's probably a lot of soccer fans who would say I'm wrong, but that's how I remember him. Like I remember. You know, it's like Sammy Sosa's being the guy to hit the home runs when the Cubs were losing 12 to 3, he'd hit mm-hmm. two in the eighth and the ninth, and they lose 12 to 5. You know what I'm saying? So. Well, maybe he wasn't that effective talking on the soccer field. Now the man's talking for a living, and hopefully making some good dime along with it. So, congratulations to my new man crush. Uh, I forgot who my last one was. I had, it's been a while since I've developed a man crush, Big Dub, but there was it someone. Was <laughs> no, I'm, I know my memory's getting bad. I'm pretty sure it was not Serge Ibaka. Why do you ask? No, I'm not, I'm not asking. I'm telling oh. you, I'm pretty sure I remember you like lauding <laughs> Serge Ibaka one day. Nah. It was nah. it was a little uncomfortable. Nah. But we do have some nice parting gifts for you. Thank you very much. Uh, hey, by the way, I opened up the show, dog, uh, talking about today is the first day of uh, summer, longest day of the year. How do you... Uh, Plan to spend your time on the longest day of the year, hopefully outside somewhere. Yeah, I, I should be at U.S. Cellular Field watching the Cubs take out the broom and beat down the yes. the, the, the pale holes, Coach. It should be awful good. Going to go uh, meet Lily the Lilac, walk to the game. It, it ought to be a very are nice you, evening. Coach. So you are going to the game? Yeah, that, that's what I just said to you. Oh, I, I thought you said you should be. I, I, well, when when you said... So I don't know that no, exactly. I'm going to do it, but... Okay. I, I know how my life happens. I have to make an extremely important phone call that's going to take me about an hour. So Uh-oh. hopefully it doesn't take me like two hours in order to do this. So. Uh-oh. This could be problematic because uh, there's – have but your cell like phone. Tickets are available, Coach, so I'm not really worried. I think I'll be able to walk up that's and get a ticket. exactly yeah, the thought processes I had this morning when I mentioned to my uh, 16-year-old son about going to the game. He was excited about that possibility. Just spur of the moment, reading in the paper, they were down to 30,000 yesterday. And uh, we may take the uh, red line, although David Olson uh, informing me that the red line possibly under construction. I don't want to drive down from the suburbs. But I'm, I may be at the game tonight, Big Dog, so have your cell phone with you. Maybe uh, you, me, and Lily the Lilac and my son can all hold hands and do a kumbaya on about the fourth inning. Coach, have you ever eaten at Al Carbone's? Hey, let's keep it clean. Al who? Okay, how about Rico Benny's? No. Oh, my God. You've never eaten at Rico Benny's, like one of the most famous restaurants in the city of Chicago. Never Lily heard of the Rico. Lilac lives right behind it. To make matters worse, Lily the Lilac never ate there. You know, wow. she's Chinese. She couldn't, she couldn't read the Italian writing, okay? <laughs> and uh, so, uh, I, like, I took her there the other day. She thought it was pretty good, actually. She was like, this is a pretty freaking good sandwich. You would have a quest. I mean, just because... Uh, like your like hatred of cholesterol, you would have a hard time eating there, Coach. But it, it is one of the finest sandwiches in the history. It's a breaded steak sandwich, Coach. It's un with marinara sauce Ooh. and mozzarella cheese over it. It is wow. un freaking believable. Wow. 
Somebody, a friend of mine's up in Cincinnati this weekend, and they're uh, talking about going and getting that five-way chili. Talking about, you know, the spaghetti with the chili over it, onions, cheese. What's the fifth way? There's five things. Chili, cheese. Oh, and, and sour cream, maybe? Yeah, no, okay. I don't think it is. But you, you've heard of the five-way chili up in Cincy, right? Well, and I will take everything and just take the spaghetti noodles and throw them in the garbage, and I'll be more than happy to eat it. Oh. No, no, no. Spaghetti to me is the noodles are the most overrated food Uh-oh. ever in the history of the world, and they've killed and made Uh-oh. more people fat than any other, besides bread, than any other foods that, that are known to man. I got big problems because uh, pasta and noodles a significant part of my particular diet. Yeah, and complex carbohydrates, drinks, you know what your body does with them? They're like, well, we can't break them down into energy, and, uh, well... We can, though, eventually. So, you know what? We'll store them on our body. Mm-hmm. Messes up your whole... Uh, seriously, too many noodles, too many... You're better off eating chili without noodles. I mean, that's... I hate to tell you, people. Yeah, I don't know. But, chili... And, chili. And lucky for me, I... Oh, sorry, it, can, it can add to the cholesterol and harden the arteries, and I'm worried about the early heart attack. The, me and complex... My body and complex carbohydrates, we have a different relationship, Big Dog. We get along much better. We had a couple sit-down discussions. David Olson gave me a strange look. Chili, healthier than pasta? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Well, no, absolutely. not absolutely. You no, know, absolutely. Well, it's not absolutely because there are people that will disagree with you. But they're wrong. They are. Seriously, they're wrong. I mean, it, granted, it depends on what you put in it, but you can. It, it, there are very few things that you can put in a chili to make it worse for you than pasta. Well, yeah. because but, because because of the base ingredients. I mean, the beans in there are inc- incredibly healthy. If you yeah. le- use uh, lean ground beef or turkey, which is even better. Well, now you're talking. That's a little different. But typical chili has red has red meat in there. Not the way I eat it, Coach. The way, not the way I eat it. I chili is extremely healthy for well, me. Okay. Eat it the way I eat so it. So now now you're it's talking about okay. Part. If it's properly prepared chili, yes. But but still but still the whole point is that you're talking five way chili. The noodles part of it is the worst part for you. Well, period. again, there will be many that would disagree with that. Yeah, and they would be wrong. Well, and, the, and, the, and these people are probably the ones that have been struggling with health problems their whole entire life, but they're too they're too constricted in their own beliefs to actually, you know what? Maybe I need to learn something and realize how my body functions and how it burns energy and how it stores energy and how it accepts uh, minerals into our bodies. But but instead, you take a processed food like like uh, bread, and it's still a process to make that. Okay, it's not technically a whole food. Or noodles. Oh, and you're surprised that when your body takes them, it doesn't know what to do with the energy, so it stores them, and then all of a sudden you have excess, uh, You now you have excess body tissue, which means that your body now has to create excess capillaries. Mm-hmm. And so, you go, yeah, you're right, Coach. I, we're, Dave and I are wrong. Right. Yeah, well, right. you know, know it's not just me. About. There are doctors and nutritionists and, and experts no that would say no smart doctor would say that. Well, that's yeah, you know, you according to you, a smart doctor is one that agrees with you and a dumb doctor no, 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 is one that no, disagrees. No, you got to tell me somewhere where somebody's trying to say you need to eat more noodles to make you healthy. I would think so there would be find, you find me that whoever doctor that says that and that doctor's probably passing out prescriptions to people saying, <laughs> "Oh, I'll cure you after you eat 8 billion noodles." Okay. Listen, Dr. Cheese Whiz, there are plenty of doctors out there that will tell you you're better off eating pasta than you are chili. Chili has red meat in it. Red meat is high in saturated fat. 
Why do you have to eat a, a, a chili with the Thai? Well, Thai okay, that changes the discussion. If we, if we okay. have a specially... And, and, and quite honestly, Coach, saturated fat is going to be better for you if you exercise than if you eat a starch, okay? it's, it's Yes, it's true. What? All right, I eat tons of starch. I exercise middle of the road, and I don't gain... And you're still having, and you're still having issues with... with with your health, you know what I'm saying. Maybe all these things of like, oh, all the red meat and all this other stuff is bad for you. I do. You should not have that much red meat. I understand that. You should only eat chili so much. But I, this whole fact that you have starches and complex carbohydrates, which your body cannot break down immediately and doesn't know what to do with, messes up your system and your biochemistry. I, I know it's very difficult for a lot of people to understand. I'm not talking about. Some doctor just basically saying, yeah, look, there's no saturated fat on it. It's good for you. Those people, I have no idea of how your body actually breaks down energy, okay? There are certain times you're supposed to eat certain foods at certain times of the day, and certain foods you do not eat with other foods, and there's certain foods you have to eat with other foods. If you're eating red meat and a lot of fat, and you're not eating some form of a monosaturated fat with it, it's going to kill you. And if you do, guess what? Your body passes that unsaturated fat. Coach, When the last, like, month, I have finally been able to just, there's no offense to my roommates, but I'm out of the cycle of eating like them, and now I can totally control my diet. I have ridiculous amounts of energy. I have, like, no body fat on me, and it only took me, like, a month. And all I do, and I eat ridiculous amounts of fat, Coach, and yet I have more energy, and I'm as lean as ever. And all I do is eat real food, and I leave noodles out of it, okay? And mm-hmm. I'll, I'm completely healthy. Right. And this, so, this discussion began, by the way, by the fact that we both uh, might be might be attending Cub Sox intra-league rivalry today at White Sox Park, which has arguably the best food in the major leagues. Yes, David? And I can't confirm the red line is still open. It is still open. Yes. Ah, even a better chance. Uh, yeah, I would, I would have been extremely shocked. Because I, I would have been like, no wonder why riding my bike up and down Canales. I mean, it's really I I, I don't I don't even want to jinx myself, coach, but I, I fear for my life every day, and I've actually considered like starting to take the red line back and forth to work. Well, don't consider it too much because the red line will be down soon. Yeah, right? I, I, next year it looks like next year it's going to be next year. Yeah. I just thought it, I just thought Emmanuel just ramrodded it through. Hey, we're closing. Yeah. Screw you, people. Well, he is doing you know, that pretty much, up. and he's getting some resistance, but there's still a little bit more to it. They basically decided to close it for four months, rather yeah, rather than do it over five years exactly. or whatever. And which I, which makes perfect sense to me. Well, it makes perfect no. sense to the two of us sitting in beautiful Morton Grove, Illinois. Not so much great sense if you're depending on that to go to work every day. Take the bus. They're going to add extra bus routes. Get on the bus, Gus. But uh, big dog, let's uh, oh, no, train. Uh, by the way, I'm I'm affected by it tremendously. And you know what I have to say? Rip the freaking Band-Aid <laughs> off. Okay, okay. Dude, I mean, uh, you guys are, you know, you guys are sitting over there. It's funny how many times it's like you guys are talking about stuff that I'm involved in. I have to take that's going to be an option if it's the winter. Please do it in the summer. It has to be done in the summer. That might might seem crazy to everybody else because you're like, oh, uh, the the traffic and blah, blah, blah. Many more people take the red line in the summer. Uh, but you have to do it in the summer because people like me have an option of riding a bike, force people to ride bikes, force people to walk. If, it has to be in the wintertime, and I have to, like, do other things and have to wait at the bus stop for a bus. Coach, that is hell. 
is all I have to tell you. Waiting at a bus in winter in Chicago is there could be that is might be the lowest points of your life. I am not kidding. <laughs> it's horrible. It's freaking horrible. Sounds so, truly. Uh, I, I really would feel for those people that have all they've done their whole life is done the right thing. They didn't buy a car, have a beautiful house, and all of a sudden they have to spend a winter waiting for a bus in the city of Chicago. Those people will quit their jobs and go mad. I'm not kidding you. It's that <laughs> it's that bad. So. Once again, the big dog honors game, uh, not beating around the bush this week, big dog. You are, uh, coming out firing all bullets. I, this keeps up. I may have to take more weeks off. It seems like the fact that we were separated last week has so really. Why don't you just eat, start eating more olive oil and avocado in your life? Well, now that, no problem okay. there. Okay. No problem there. I'm a long time avocado guy, huge guacamole fan of the olive oil. I've taken your advice on that, big dog. Uh, preferably oh, the, what's the healthiest kind? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The extra virgin. Yes. Extra so virgin. You don't cook with extra virgin, though. You, you put extra virgin on everything. It's a waste to put, if you, as soon as you cook extra virgin, as soon as you heat it up to over like 150 degrees, it turns into the regular type of virgin oh. alcohol. Right. I mean, olive oil. So don't waste the money on that stuff, coach. Okay. But cook everything in olive oil. Cook now, let me ask you as we transfer to talking about the uh, Cubs, a uh, huge, momentous victory over the White Sox yesterday, the uh, Major League Baseball world in shock. The food at uh, Comiskey Park at U.S. Cellular Park, amongst the best, if not the best, in Major League Baseball. Let me ask you, Big Dog, for the fans that might be going to the game today, is there a, uh, if if you're not, if you're going to splurge, is there a unique pig-out item you would suggest? And for those that might be more health conscious, is there something that tastes pretty good out there that uh, might not harden the arteries on the spot? For those of you that are, are health conscious, you would realize that it's very important to every once in a while go out and splurge and make yourself happy. And if you continue to watch what you eat and do the right things and exercise, go to U.S. Sailor and pick the freak out today. And the best thing to do with U.S. Cellular Field is to go get a picnic ticket, which I'm sure are still available. The, it's open for two hours before the game. And it's all the freaking fried chicken and pizza and hot dogs and Polish sausage and spaghetti you can freaking eat. I am not kidding you. The fried chicken that they have there, those chicken breasts are so freaking ridiculous, Coach. Now, when you talk about, like, uh, like the unhealthy stuff that I like, you know, I'm, I work out, I eat healthy enough almost all the time that every once in a while, like once a week, I'm going to eat a fried chicken. Twice a week, I'm going to eat a, a burrito, but... The fried chicken they give their coach is so unreal. It's only like $30, and it's all the food you can eat and all the beer you can drink, people. All, we, my buddies and I, we go in there immediately. We eat. And then for an hour and 55 minutes, we drink. And then for five minutes, we wait in line and carry out about like $30 worth of food each. One of the best deals. So they the so it's for two hours only, but they'll actually let you take out food. Yeah, that's it. Well, you can't be like putting it in bags. Right. You know what I mean? But uh-huh. you have like you walk out like with a piece of pizza and a chicken breast. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? And they, they have no problem with it. Yeah. If you if everybody had like five pieces, they'd be like, "Hey, what are you doing?" You know what I'm saying? Sounds so, like a good way to fatten up my 110 pounds, soon to be junior high school son who's still trying out for varsity basketball. Five eight. 110 pounds, big dog. Got to put some meat on that young man. Um, you know what? That was the most difficult thing ever, Coach. I understand. I was a lot. I was bigger than your son, but when like I was a senior in high school, I was 170 pound. You know, defensive end. You know what I'm saying? It was crazy. 
It was crazy. I was 100. Everybody else, 265 pounds. I'm 170. You know what I mean? So I understand. Mm-hmm. All right. So. All right. All right. Let's talk about the actual game itself. Again, our phone number here, if you want to check in, leading off with baseball today, we will. We will uh, most determinedly get to the uh, Miami Heat victory over the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. So basketball fans, stick with us here just a second. We're on the baseball theme here. Big Dog and the Coach at your service. Phone lines open, 888 Give us a call. Love to talk to the uh, fine fans out there, wherever you might be listening in or calling in from. Cubs did win yesterday, Big Dog, two in a row. A little bit of revenge, a little feel-good. We haven't had a whole lot of it uh, uh, what was it? A third inning. What appeared to be somewhat harmless at the time. Two run single by David DeJesus. It, uh, holds up. Uh, nice pitching by the Cubs from starter to middle relievers to closer. Uh, yeah, I would have to say that that was probably the most dominant pitching performance ever in the history of baseball yesterday <laughs> that Travis Wood and, and, uh, Sean, and, uh, Sean Camp. Jeff Russell and, and Sean Camp and Manny Corpus and then Carlos Marmol. Got done yesterday. Seriously, it could go down. It was for Matt Cain striking out 14 of the 27 <laughs> in a perfect game last week that you didn't bring up to me yet, and I oh. didn't know happened until last night. Goodness. By the way, thanks a lot for letting that pass one by on me. It's unbelievable. Uh, you got to let me know these things, Coach. All right. Oh, you and, didn't even uh, – I, I thought you were getting mad at me for not bringing it up. You didn't even know what happened. No, I didn't even know what happened yeah. until yesterday. Are you kidding me? He struck out 14 of 27, Matt Cain. <laughs> I, that's un- I know I'm really, really busy, but why doesn't some – one of my best friends can't – Send me a text message just in case. Okay, that's 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 irresponsible to all my friends. You guys got to realize that I'm working constantly at this point of year. So I, I expect uh, like, hey, a perfect game is about to happen. Some type of text because I normally let my friends know. So mm-hmm. I was a little disappointed in everybody this weekend, coach. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't as bad as you. It didn't take me like nine days to find out, but I didn't know until uh, 24 hours later because that score is reported late in the paper. I don't watch the ESPN highlight show, so I was uh, sort of like you, not aware of it until much after the fact, but the second perfect game of the year. Who would have thunk it? Yeah, and normally I read uh, the, the I read stuff in the sports every single morning to catch up, and I didn't that day. And so there you go. There you go. And that's, and, and that's what it is one of the most dominant pitching games ever in the history of baseball. 14 strikeouts out of the 27 people you face. Okay, well, getting back to the, to the, the Cubs and the White Sox. You know, all Jake Vivi did was make one bad pitch to David DeJesus. He hung a changeup, and, he, you know, he lines a single, and this is, you know, the Cubs end up scoring two runs after just a, a wild pitch a couple pitches earlier. And uh, Giovanni Soto actually advanced the third. I, I was dumbfounded, Coach, when uh, when Soto went to third base. It, it was funny when uh, – the, did you see the leadoff Tony Campana had on first base when Giovanni Soto was on second? Did not. First of all, when Campana went to first, he basically jogged. He was like, "What am I going to do? I'm going to, I'll pass Soto." It was hilarious. For the first time I've ever that I didn't see Tony Campana sprint out at full speed. He literally was about a foot and a half off of first base. Though. Tony Campana, just make sure he didn't get picked off because Soto was on second. What, what, I mean, what could happen to him? <laughs> and when, and when, you understand what I'm saying? He's going to pass Soto. And, and if you're, if you're Giovanni Soto at the time, you're thinking, "Man, I'm a gapper." On an extra base hit, I better run my ass off or I'm going to be showing up on uh, ESPN's, what do they call it, the not top ten? Yeah, exactly, because you're exactly right. And it's so funny because that is exactly what Cloudy yelled out to me when I was saying the same thing. I'm like, look at Campana's lead at first. Well, Soto gets the gets right after I said that. Soto got the third on the wild pitch. 
And then the Jesus scores on the one bad pitch that PV makes, and that's all the Cubs would need for runs. Who would have mm-hmm. thought that at the time, especially the way the, the White Sox lineup looks. Uh, but did you see PV go crazy? And he just starts like, God, blah, blah, blah. And that was right after the Orlando Hudson era. And supposedly, Hudson's rubbing everybody the wrong way in the White Sox dugout, which is strange. And now the, So I, hopefully it wasn't JPV screaming because he was PO'd because O-Dog made a bad decision. Hopefully that was just like an, it wasn't a Zambrano incident. It was just a, mm-hmm. how could I make that horrible pitch to David DeJesus? If you watch him most of the night, he was doing that uh, throughout, particularly towards the end of the game. I know he's a competitive dude. I didn't know he was that competitive. He almost like had some anger management issues last night, but uh, he, he was outstanding. I mean, outside of that third inning blip, he was really, really solid. Went the complete nine innings and just kind of, I thought, fought his way, competed his way through the eighth and ninth inning, Big Dog. He deserved to get a win, Jake Peavy. Yeah, I'm not saying he isn't a competitor, but uh, like I, I kind of laugh, though, sometimes when we just label a guy a competitor because he's yelling and screaming. Yeah, that's true. You know, Good you point. Know, you know, because, like, Greg Maddox, Coach, would you – would you? that dude was a bulldog. And you he had emotionless, like, seriously. He'd be like, hey, Greg, your, your dog died. Excuse me, i got to go throw a, yep. a, a splatter to, the, or yep. to this guy. You know what I mean? It was just like, you know, so – uh, uh, actually, it kind of worked for PV yesterday because if you give up two runs in nine innings, you did your job as a professional pitcher. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. So uh, it works for him, but I don't think it works for everybody. Momentous victory for the Chicago Cubs. Two in a row, big dog. Could be a season turner arounder, but uh, you would call Monday's victory arguably one of the great Chicago sports moments of all time. Where do you yeah. rate yesterday's two to one victory? You know what? I would have to say it surpasses Monday's greatest <laughs> moment ever in the history of Chicago wow. sports. Because you got to figure the first, the first one. I mean, it was just to see a barrage of home runs was just incredible because nobody expected that, and that was a little bit of a surprise. You got to have to sometimes tip your hat for the the tremendous game, like the intensity of it, and that was much better. So I would have to rank that as number one now. Wow, number one all time, folks. Big dog getting a little bit excited, but. Uh... It's right out there for you. Speaking of getting excited, Carlos Marmol in the ninth inning is back as your closer. He got it done yesterday, Big Dog, but he is a heart attack. He is a cholesterol-level-raising relief pitcher if there ever was one. Nothing's ever easy with Carlos. You know, it seemed like it was going to go easy for a little bit because I was like, what the, we were like, oh, no, but all of a sudden we're like, hey, you know, he got him. <laughs> you know, then it just he, he melted down a little bit. But you know what? I don't care if it, he gets a, he gets our heart rate going. If he gets the save, that's all that matters, Coach. It's not always easy in Major League Baseball. Yeah. The book's out on him. He has one pitch. Yeah. But the but the problem is he doesn't always get him out. And they they say that about the pitchers. Oh, you know, you put, you put the press put players on. And, you know, they get the pressure going, but they get him out. Typically, if you walk batters with leads and you create pressure for yourself, maybe for a week period. For a couple of weeks, you can succeed. I am of the belief, Big Dog, that you get relievers like that. You get yourself in trouble. You're not going to get out of it more often than not. I'm not no, a big no, Mitch no. Williams fan either. Yeah, you, no, you're you're right, Coach. And uh, Carlos Marmol is not going to be the closer of the Cubs' future. So I'm not. And this year, I love the Chicago Cubs, but I'm not going to get emotionally attached to whether they win or lose a bunch of games. And and yeah. if you're a diehard Cub fan and you're upset that I'm saying that. I'm going to be a diehard Cub fan the rest of my freaking life, and I've always been one. 
So sometimes I have to emotionally detach myself from this team. And I'm going to have to admit, when they play the White Sox, when they play the Brewers, and when they play the freaking Cardinals, yes, it means a lot more to me. So as far as, as long as I'm concerned, Carlos Marmol got to save against the White Sox last night. I'm happy with Carlos Marmol. Mm-hmm. If you call on you tonight, you better get the freaking job done because I'm sick of you not getting it done. All right. That's, that's where I'm coming from as a Cub fan, Coach. Thank you very right. much. Going for the sweep. White Sox swept the Cubs. What happens to the BP Cup now? If the, if the Cubs win, it goes 3-3. The defending champ keeps the Cup? No, no, no. Because of the oil spill, it's automatic if it's a tie and nobody in Chicago is a winner. It automatically is sent to Tuscaloosa, Coach. <laughs> Uh, you got to read the fine print, huh? the tiebreaker rule. Yes, yes. Oh, thank you very much. All right. Uh, by the way, real quick on baseball before we uh, head to the uh, Heat Oklahoma City game, we have not mentioned very much of the College World Series, Big Dog. I've, I'll be honest with you, I've followed it, and I got a feeling you're going to be the same way. Less unfortunately this yes, year than in previous years, the Euro Cup, a big part of that. But uh, Kent State, Kent State, the mighty, what's their nickname? They are the uh, Kent State Golden Flashes. There you go. The Golden Flashes are still in it amongst the final four or five teams. I think Arkansas, I believe, is sitting uh, pretty in the winner's bracket. You know, isn't it funny that does Arkansas sports and athletics start rubbing you the wrong way? Don't you feel something slimy is going on? Like whoever, whoever was in charge at SMU in the early 80s is now at Arkansas. I hate to I hate yep. to say that and be wrong, but I'm starting to. Well, how come all of a sudden they are dominant in every sport? Like Baylor. Like Baylor and Arkansas out of nowhere is now like the preeminent yep. athletic programs around the college sports. And sadly, we uh, it goes true with, with individual players now, too, because of the performance-enhancing drugs. You see programs or players that uh, all of a sudden have big jumps to success, and sadly, in this day and age, we have immediate suspicion. Yeah, and Coach, Arkansas is a national, for football, they're a national title contender this season. Mark my words right now, I already said it. They're contending for the title. Yeah, they just won the uh, they won the Southeast Conference track and field championships, too. Did they really? Yeah, now they didn't win the NCAAs. I think Florida came back and okay. beat them in the NCAAs, but they were the SEC track champions as well, and obviously they're doing great in baseball. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Bobby yeah, yeah, Petrino. Yeah, let's, let's, okay. If you're if you're looking to buy Bobby Petrino's house, by the way, you're too late. It just sold for one point seven five million. He bought it for two point two, by the way. So took a loss and got out of town. Yeah, he's that guy. My goodness, he just likes to he just likes to burn bridges and and expose himself to trouble, doesn't he? I mean, that guy. I bet you loves fireworks, coach. I believe he's headed to Pennsylvania and he's going to be part of the defense team for Jerry Sandusky. That, that's always a good he's, personnel move. He's going to say it's natural to shower with, uh, you know, coaches showering with young guys, too. Yeah, yeah, that's. 888 <laughs> the phone number. Coach and the big dog at your service. By the way, can I read you a quick George Carlin? i got a kick out of this. Oh, please, I, I had something for you, and I lost it after what you said to me. So give Sci- me some Carlin. This is a classic back. George Carlin. Scientists have discovered a new disease. That has no symptoms. It's impossible to, de- to detect. Fortunately, no cases have been reported so far. Thank you very much. All right. You still with us? Yeah, yeah, I am. You didn't like that one, huh? No, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's, uh, that's, uh, it's, uh, that's a whole hummer. You know what I mean? You know. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Let's talk a little NBA basketball. Big Dog, I don't know if you were able to watch the game yesterday. I actually probably watched the last quarter and a half, which is about a quarter and a half more than the first three games. But the Miami Heat, as I'm sure you are well aware, are on the precipice, on the uh, verge of clinching the championship. They win another close game down the stretch. They're up three to one. LeBron James leading the way. He got injured. I don't know if you saw him limping the last couple of minutes. Yeah, some cramps. They got some might all in them. They'll be fine. Well, yeah, better better cramps than, um, you know, a hip or a knee injury. Yeah, I know, but uh, I guess his girlfriend has the perfect prescription for him. He's good, Coach. Mm-hmm. All right, Mario Chalmers comes off the bench, scores 25 points. The Miami Heat getting some good contributions from uh, beyond the big three. And Chris Bosch, by the way, becoming part of the story, too. But Mario Chalmers and Shane Battier in particular contributing. Can't say that for Oklahoma City. And Russell Westbrook, big dog, was unbelievable. He was incredible with some of his play. 41 point, but down the stretch, again, he seems to have a major case of fumbleitis. What do you do? Yeah, and, uh, and obviously the foul when, with under five seconds to oh. go in the stock clock. Oh my goodness. Oh. Now, isn't it crazy how you could have a game like Russell Westbrook? score 43 points, and then you make a play like that, and all of a sudden he's the GOAT. Yep. I don't care what anybody says, he's the GOAT of the game. Everyone's like, can you believe the play Russell Westbrook makes? That, that's just what it is about the NBA Finals, and it's funny as hell. There was nothing wrong with Kevin Durant. Everybody loved Kevin Durant. All of a sudden, people are, he disappeared. He's not aggressive enough. I mean, isn't that funny? It's the NBA Finals. You have a bad game in the NBA Finals. And you go from a guy that was impeccable with Kevin Durant, and you now are being questioned. And Russell Westbrook has 43 points. He has one horrible mental lapse, and he had a, he's the GOAT. That, that's how big these games are, Coach. Well, he, he, so to, much. to be fair, he also uh, unforced, just, just fumbled the ball in two yeah, key oh, possessions no, down the street. He just lost possession of the ball. He choked. Yeah, he yeah. did. Now, the play you're talking about, for the fans that didn't see it, was a jump ball at the Miami Heat basket, and the rule is the clock does not reset the 24 seconds. You put five back on the clock. Because there was .8 seconds left right. on the shot clock at the time. Yeah. So theoretically, you could even go back to the Miami Heat player who forced the jump ball. Really, he shouldn't have put his hands on the ball. The clock would have ran out. Oklahoma City ball. I think uh-huh. that was James Harden. The man met a world peace. Says, uh, all beard, no brain. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that coming from Ron Artest, Meta World Peace, too. That was beautiful. But, uh, all right, so now the, my question to you, because Miami Heat won the tip. They were going to have to throw up a, probably a very bad shot, and Westbrook fouls immediately. Obviously, yeah, Immediately. Is, yeah. And the guy who had the ball was moving away from the basket. But my it question like, to you wow. is, do, do you think Westbrook knew that there was only five on the clock post-jump ball? Um, just to let you know, it has been a 100%. It's a, I, Scotty Brooks told everybody there's there's going to be, if they get, if we don't win, there's only five seconds left to go in the shot clock. You let everybody know. Well, Russell Westbrook was not paying attention to his coach. First of all, there was there was no timeout, right? Or was there? He, well, there was no timeout. They have Scotty Brooks yelling to all the well. players. Well, whatever it is, they have Scotty Brooks yelling. So my point is he wasn't listening to his coach. His coach was yelling it at everyone. 
Are you there's assuming only this? There's five seconds left on the shot clock. Is that something okay. you visually saw, or are you just assuming? No, no, I have, I have, I have. Uh, when I was listening to a what do you call it? The, the, they go, they confirmed that Scotty Brooks was yelling to all the players. It's been confirmed. He was yelling okay. at them. All right. going, that's confirmed, Coach. I'm 100 percent positive. All right. So he either is not paying attention to Coach, or he went major brain crampage. Either now, way, is that the brain cramp? Yeah, he must not have been listening to the coach. Oof. Some players tune the coach out. Not good. Not good, because they would have got the ball back down uh, three points, chance to tie it up or at least make it a one-point game, and there were still seconds left. That's the kind of mistake. So bottom line is three consecutive close games, three consecutive close games, and the Heat have pulled out all three. They're making the plays down the stretch, Doug. Yeah, and wasn't that uh... – that was the thing that I questioned about them was, hey, get them into a tight ball game. They'll they'll put the noose around their neck. Well, Spolstra has like called out the, the heat about this coach. He's like, you know, you guys have to learn how to grind out a game. Find when you aren't playing your best and it's close just to figure out how to get a couple possessions and mm-hmm. win. And that game last night, just a couple possessions. It was just a, 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 a Russell Westbrook bouncing the ball off his foot. Or you know, <laughs> or following somebody it was just a couple different plays, and that was yep. the difference in the whole entire yep. game. Two times, two times in the final minute and a half, he just like you said, basically bounced the ball off his foot. So it's an interesting quandary. You got a guy who is sensational at times, but at the end of the game, you don't really want him handling the ball, big dog. If you were Coach Scotty Brooks, uh, tough situation. What do you do? You, you take the ball out of his hands late? Well. I- well, obviously, he's. you might have to because he doesn't listen to you if you tell him, hey, there's five seconds left on the shot clock. You know, I mean, do not follow. I mean, that's uh, – that that was just – that was it was such a deflator. It was like the game was over at that point. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was like done. And, and you're exactly right because how many times this year have has Russell Westbrook taken bad shots late in games when Durant was wide open? You know, like – he would drive and force up some horrible shot, and Durant's like sitting there wide open with it. He, all he had to do was dish it. Mm-hmm. So there have been issues not only of execution, like yesterday, bouncing balls all over the place, but also decision-making all year long. So this is a huge question for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And like we said, it's the NBA Finals. It's completely magnified. Yep. You know, all year long, nobody cared that the Thunder didn't execute down the stretch. Well, it's the Finals now, and now... Well, the Heat are finally, and the Thunder has been exposed as right now they're not. Thabo Cephalosha, the ex-Chicago Bull, uh, apparently was quoted as saying, uh, you know, during the end of the game, just, just get me the damn ball. Thabo Cephalosha, of course, he was speaking in French, and the problem was they all thought he was saying, let me guard LeBron. Mm-hmm. But Thabo wants to take the game over, Big Doug. Nobody will throw him the ball. Actually, he had a three-pointer late that would have been key, and he airballed it. Uh, no, no, just let you know, that was blocked by Dwayne Wade. Blocked? Yeah, that was, it was? not an right. it was, I, I got into it with my buddies. No professional basketball player would miss a three-point shot by six feet, Coach. All right. That was I blocked. will say, even if it wasn't blocked, underrated part of that, that was an outstanding reaction effort closeout by Dwayne Wade. Underrated yeah, it play. It was. Yep. It, I think he just barely got a fingertip That's... on the ball. Kind of like Ron Harper against John Stockton after the, the Michael Jordan last shot of 1998. Mm-hmm. People forget Ron Harper blocked that shot, Coach. I haven't seen it. I, I don't remember that. Okay, so after, in 1998, 
Jordan makes his last shot as a Chicago Bull, and I know you, I, I know exactly where I was, everything. Immediately after, people don't realize there was like two and a half seconds or three seconds left in the game, maybe even like four, okay? And the Jazz got the ball, and Stockton got an open look, and Harper came out of nowhere, and he barely touches the ball, and the uh, ball still hit the rim for the Utah Jazz. If Ron Harper doesn't touch the ball, Michael Jordan doesn't have that game walk-off shot, and there's a game seven in the United Center. Wow. I forgot oh, no, about in, that. In the Delta Center, it would have been in Utah. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. I forgot about that. One of those great complimentary pieces where championship would not be without Ronnie Harper with a great closeout. Yeah, people forget that. That that wasn't like a walk-off winner for Michael Jordan. So it went in. Everybody knew it was going in, so nobody even reacted like to the rebound, but there was still time on the clock, Coach. I haven't haven't seen a closeout like that, Big Dog, since I was 14 years old and tried to crash uh, Mary Thilbin's party back in the day. I I I think her name was Mary Thilbin, Thilbin, something like that. Anyhow. She didn't know what she was missing, Coach. Yeah, I went home very depressed. Yeah, actually, she did. That was part of the problem. That's why I got closed out. That's a whole other story. 888-463-6748, Miami Heat, Oklahoma City, and NBA fans. Uh, check in with the big dog and the coach here. All kinds of, uh, well, I won't say controversy, but all kinds of storylines developing. Now, a dog, they're down 3-1, to one, but as you know, the series is set up with a 2-3-2 two, two setup. I think that gives Oklahoma City at least a little. It does. A little bit, if they can somehow pull out game five, momentum back, and then they get to play in front of their crazies two straight. Yeah, and, and if they do pull out game five, Coach, I I am going to give them a glimmer of hope, without a doubt. And, and I'm not going to say that there's no chance for them to win game five, but I really think that the Heat know that they don't want to go back to Oklahoma City and – these have been close games, so it's not like it's been a blowout whatsoever. So it's not like the Heat are totally controlling these three games. They've been three close wins, mm-hmm. but they are, I think, they're going to do whatever it takes. They're not playing like, oh, we got three games to clinch us. I really think they fear going back to Oklahoma City, and that that fear is probably good for the good for the Heat. I don't see it going in, into into Oklahoma City, even though I'm really going to hope for it. I'm not going to watch the game, but I'll hope for it. Mm-hmm. All right, there it is. I want to watch the second of that basketball game. NBA expert and NBA analyst, <laughs> Joel Radwanski, joining us at the Two Guys at a Mic show. Uh, and, again, our uh, phone line's open if you want to talk. 888-463-6748. Talk a little NBA hoop. Don't forget, Big Dog, you got some homework uh, coming up. The NBA draft, I believe, next week. So we will I ex- got to wait. I- I'm writing a whole new section of the Ghost and Gangsters tour for for uh, well, WaterRiders.com. I, I don't have time for the, come on. For the NBA draft. There are listeners that are counting on your expertise on a Michael Kidd Gilchrist, on a Connecticut's okay. Andre Drummond, on Memphis's who's that guy from Memphis that's uh, becoming more and more popular? He's, Mario's. He's long and athletic. <laughs> uh, thank you, Ron Santo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's about as good as we're going to get, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, all right. He's, well. got, a big, he's got a big ceiling, Coach. <laughs> oh, a high ceiling, excuse me, high ceiling. He's got a big face and a high ceiling. All right. You know what? We may have to get an actual expert on, or God forbid I'll have to actually do some homework. But basically it's going to be a battle to see who the number two pick is in the draft because we all know it's going to be Anthony Davis, the number one. He's the only real, apparently, the only real difference maker in the draft. Well, uh Supposedly, uh, Michael Jordan is going to 
talk smack to the New Orleans uh, general manager and play a Jedi mind trick on him, and, and, and Anthony Davis will not be the number one pick. Hmm. All right. Now you see who Michael yeah, Jordan picked up. as his coach, by the way? Um, Interesting. I didn't know that artists and, ex- and an accountant and a part-time NBA coach, I mean, this guy's he's a renaissance man coach. He's a, I mean, it's, it's, it's truly remarkable what this man has done, okay? He's, he's built homes in Africa. He has actually trekked South, I mean, the, the South Pole, Antarctica. I mean, this guy, he has actually yeah, been at the bottom of the, the uh, that big trench that is right outside the Philippines. Mm-hmm. I mean, this dude has been everywhere. He's Well, not everywhere, because the only place he hasn't been is a head coach. For any program. So now he's going to be the NBA, an NBA head coach, and he's never coached a team in his life, except this past year where he was the interim coach. Is that important, coach? No, I like it. But I mean, I don't know much about the guy. But... School. Huh? He went to dental school. He's an expert at, at presidential trivia. None of this matters, does it? Those are two Uh-oh. good starts. Those are two good starts. You know, obviously the guy has something unique about him. And I didn't know He's all the everything besides been a head basketball coach. <laughs> so well, but you know, if you're Michael Jordan and you're coaching your ball club and nothing's gone right over the last five, six, seven, eight years, however many years he's been in charge, take a chance. Go really? with somebody different. I don't know what the guy said in the interview process, but obviously very impressive. He has spoken extremely highly of from the coaches that he's worked for. So, uh, you know, I like the, I like to think outside the box a strategy by Michael Jordan. You know, you know, Coach. Did you ever hear the story about the the, the couple that had one dollar left in their checking account, so they bought a lottery ticket and they won the lotto? No. Did you ever hear that story? No. No. Yeah, because it, it never happened. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Nicely played, big dog. Okay. Nicely That's what I'm played. Saying. I mean, I, I was just—I I don't know who this guy is. I don't mean to make fun of him. I'm a Renaissance man and say he did all that stuff, but mm-hmm. uh, it is a little strange. It is a strange hire in a league. Where so many players talk about respect and all that other crazy stuff, and and last year you had Tyrus Thomas who almost got into a choking match with Paul Silas, and if you know if Tyrus Thomas can't respect Paul Silas, how's he going to respect some guy that Lawrence Frank is making fun of? <laughs> well, it will be interesting to watch their preseason camp, which is going to be held in Nicaragua. I think that. It's going to be a great experience for the Bobcats. Seriously, they'll be they'll join UNICEF. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, I mean, they 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 probably will actually go to the children's hospitals and actually help some kids, which yep. is going to be good for the kids in you know Charlotte. Mm-hmm. But uh, for for the actual basketball fan, I don't know how good it's going to be. Could be problematic. All right, moving along, we got the uh, Euro Cup to talk about. Big dog, I know you have not been able to saturate yourself as much as you would like to, but it started with thirty two. Uh, Fine European soccer teams. We're down to the final eight. The knockout round is about to begin. On a level of one to ten, Big Dell, where is your Euro soccer enthusiasm at this point? Yeah, well, I would rather be watching College World Series. That's I watch that over Euro soccer. Just to let you know, but I, I do have it in the background. I do like to root against France. You know what I mean? It's always fun. You know what I mean? And. And watching uh, the the games being held in these massive Polish stadiums are pretty cool, coach. Yep. Uh, but uh, you know, other than that, yeah, that's, that's about it. Mm-hmm. All okay. right, England. I, I, am, I'm, I am. I am. I mean, Ronaldo is so pretty. That something he is fun to look at, coach. In, Who's in that? In an odd way. 
Cristiano Ronaldo? Yes. Yep. And Portugal, there's a chance that Portugal will – they have to play the Czech Republic, and I don't know who Spain's playing. they got a pretty tough game, but there's a good chance Portugal will be playing Spain in the semifinals. And if that happens, the world might go off its axis for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> and there's a, a good chance that it's Germany-Italy, or it's going to be Germany versus England. England, yeah. Yeah, because England and, and Italy are playing. And uh, that should be a pretty good matchup. But, I mean, Germany's playing someone they should advance against, I think, like Croatia or someone. Well, actually, Spain's got the easiest match. They're taking on France, who's been struggling. France lost yesterday and still able to advance. I think Germany takes on... Uh, Czech Republic? No, no, because the first game tomorrow is Cristiano Ronaldo and his Portugal team against the Czech Republic. Okay, okay, but it looks like Spain-Portugal. We, I, I don't even have to watch the games. Because they, 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 whatever they say is going to happen in soccer happens. No, there's never upsets. Mm-hmm. And let's just face it, it's going to end up being Germany versus... Oh, Greece. Spain Germany plays line. Greece. Greece was a yeah, surprise team. Right. Yeah. They're going to smoke them. That's 3 nothing. <laughs> uh, any of our Greece fans out there that would like to uh, check in and disagree with you the big how, dog? Do you know how upset the hard-working German people are at the country of freaking Greece? What they did to the yeah. Euro and... It's ridiculous what that country has done. It does add and some intrigue. To... They keep on getting bailed out. I am, I am not kidding you. Germany is going to put a beat down on Greece and then say, why don't you guys go pay back the money that you owe the rest of this uh, this continent? Mm-hmm. That's what's going to happen tomorrow when Greece takes on Germany. Well, as you're well aware, and, uh, you know, sports guys talk politics, and the most recently concluded Greek elections, the uh, not strong austerity, but the at least... Minor austerity open party barely won, but they did win big dog. So it's not like the new party was able to dominate and the new party basically saying to hell with all these cost saving measures. We're Greece and we're not going to cut back. So, uh, there is hope, but it does add some intrigue to that particular game, Germany versus Greece. I love when sports and politics. Why would there, why mesh. would there be hope? Why would there be hope if? Well, they're going to continue to act like fools down in Greece. Well, the whole idea was have. the party that got elected is at least open to continuing some, some of the cost-cutting measures and the cutbacks and, and try to remain in the euro. So there's at least some workability there. If the other party would have got elected, then I think you would have had oh, a bigger... Oh, I thought you said that. You said it the other way around. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. no, the, the group that was promoting austerity. Okay. Yeah. Was the victor close? By the way, very very close. By the way, are you following the Egyptian elections? Oh my goodness! I, that, wow. Seriously? Wow! Whoa! I mean, yeah, I know. Lord, if you're a West Sox fan, yeah, the Cubs just knocked the White Sox out of first place. If you live in Egypt right now, it's, I mean, the pyramids are on edge right now, Coach. Wow! The Muslim Brotherhood. The Muslim Brotherhood won the election, but the military basically saying doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. We're we're taking over. We'll give you, you know, you can decide little things like, uh, you know, what time the curfew is on the strike on, on the street. But uh, so that's going to be an interesting battle there. Meanwhile, the people of the revolution they, they didn't even have one of their parties representative. And on top of that, if you're going to say anything to Osni Mubarak, big dog, who used to be an occasional listener to our program. Via the internet, if you're gonna throw out some good wishes to Hosni, how do you pronounce this first? Hosni, Hosni, Hosni. Yeah, I, I, I have no idea. You better do it quickly because Hosni's uh, not not of good health. 
he's, they're just, they probably found like somebody that looks just like him. They're going to get him out. He's going to end up chilling on some island for the last like 15, 20 years of his life, like Sam Giancana. <laughs> and then they're going to invite him back like in 20 years and he'd be making sausage. Someone's going to shoot him in the back of his head. <laughs> I, I don't really believe uh, he's dead is what I'm saying to you. Really? Yeah, I, that's probably just like uh, somebody posing as Mubarak. Interesting. Interesting. We'll have to wait till the movie comes out. All yeah, right. and I'm sure they'll have all the facts down straight, Coach. <laughs> it's a Muslim, I mean, is it, you know, like, isn't that crazy that the people that just want to be left alone and have, you know, like, have some chance to, to choose what they want to do with their life, well, all of a sudden the Muslim Brotherhood comes in and, and, and strangely fixed elections because all these people that should be in the elections aren't, and now... Like, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that the military steps in. It's like, oh, there was something suspicious about the elections. The people are not being represented, so you're really not in control. So what happens? Where is Egypt right now? You know, and in times like this, Coach, the most evil and the most scheming are the ones that typically take power and seize control. It's not usually the most uh, diplomatic and, uh, and the smartest in terms of, that's what that's what I'm really worried about. And if you think about it, the Suez Canal is right there. They control a massive, massive part of uh, trade in the world. Everyone, so whoever controls that part of the world controls an extremely important trade route of the world. That's why everybody wants. Why does the United mm-hmm. States care about about Egypt? Well, that's extremely important. Okay, and if you want prices of a lot of our products to stay down, especially the, with the stuff that you put in your gas pump. The, whoever controls Egypt is extremely important worldwide. So uh, you're exactly right, Coach. It cracks me up when I was – because I was actually thinking about that last night. I'm like, uh, I kind of wish the Cubs were good because I'm paying way too much attention to stuff that is actually scaring <laughs> the crap out of me right now. There is a rumor, by the way, that uh, the revolutionaries who – do not seem to have a powerful voice. Rumor only, can't be confirmed, but ex-Cub manager Lou Piniella has been reported to uh, be heading down there, possibly to lead the revolution, the re-revolution. Well, he's first going to have a sit-down. They're going to have a dinner. They're going to have a few beers, yep. maybe go for a massage yeah. with uh, uh, with the Muslim Brotherhood. And if that doesn't work <laughs> out, then you're going to see Piniella in a towel. But I mean, it's not good. Dibble didn't like it, I tell you that much. Yeah. Fellas, we got to get along here. It's, it's only a ball game. Come on, we can figure something out. I'd, I'd pay extremely good money, Big Dill, to sit in the room with Lou Piniella, going one-on-one with the head of the Muslim Brotherhood. I think that'd be a quality conversation if maybe uh, Anderson Cooper for CNN could pull that off. Yeah, that would be that would be good. I, I just... I have no problem whatever religion that that people believe in. Let anyone want to believe what you want to believe, even if it means forcing women to live a life of of uh, servitude and whatever. If that's if that's how you want to go about it, I, you know what I'm saying. Well, as long well, as know, the women agree with that. Force it up, yeah, my, I don't agree with it. I don't agree with it. But you know, I feel bad for these women and these children that are forced to believe and think a certain way. And if they don't, if the, people are forced into being uh, Muslim in a lot of parts of, the, uh, parts of the world. And if they don't, they're killed. I mean, this happens everywhere. Well, then that's unacceptable. If, that's, you know, what, that's my point, Coach. That is, I have to draw the line somewhere. And, yes. I, and it's like it's funny. It's like, like I stand up to it, and some of my friends who are Muslim, 
they get upset about it, and they're like, oh, you're, you're against Muslims or you're against Islam. You know what? I guess sometimes if it, if it means that I'm the one that has to say yes, no, I'm not against Muslims or Islam. I am against radical Islam. So if it means that sometimes some, my Muslim friends get upset at me, I'm, it's too bad at that point because mm-hmm. something has to be done about being, someone being forced into a religion or death. Okay, If the religion is right, then people should just have the grace of the religion into their system and then, oh, I, I believe Muhammad the Prophet was right. There is no God but Allah. Okay, then I'm fine with that. Don't force it on me. Coach, that's all I'm asking. Polish representative uh, to the Muslim Brotherhood Consulate, Joe Radwanski, our guest for a brief moment of time here in the two guys. It's a fine line, big dog. If you're brainwashed, that's a strong word, but you know, but you willingly submit to that lifestyle, i.e. the females you're just talking about, uh-huh. that's a fine line. But if you don't believe in it, but you are forced mm-hmm. into that lifestyle, then it's not a fine line. That's a line that needs to be crossed and needs to be defended. Is that a fair statement? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. There's, there's, a, there's a reasonable way to live your life, okay? And it's, and it's not by being angry if somebody doesn't agree with what you think, even though you know deep down that you're right. Mm-hmm. But then again, you know, you... All right. Never mind. David Olson, how many shows can take on the Cubs' middle relief situation and the Muslim Brotherhood all in 58 minutes sweep of time? Not too many. I didn't say well, but I at least say took it on. All right, Dahl, we got to wrap it up. We'll uh, talk, have your cell phone at the Sox game tonight. If I'm down there, I'll call you up. All right, sounds good, guys. We'll meet at a Polish sausage stand somewhere. All right, David Olson, our producer, phenomenal job. 10 o'clock tomorrow, we do it all over again. Have a great day, everybody, and happy summer. First day.